Hi, welcome to another episode of the Polytechnicast. I'm Rob Stenzinger, and this is a place where I journal stuff about the things I make. And sometimes the, the nature of that journaling is an exploration to try to, um, well, mm, I guess practice and discover uh, my voice in things that I haven't made like really refined stuff with yet, right? So it could be like basically new topics for workshops, new topics for articles. And this thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is um, the advocating for spreading human-centered practices, both like tactical things, really, you know, getting a, 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 um, spreading the vocabulary and use of well, getting observable phenomena, watching people use the things that you make and talking with them, learn through these conversations and, um, you know, get, uh, get data out of um, like qualitative circumstance and then, you know, learn from it, look, you know, use it and all that. And a lot of that's the tactics and, you know, turning um, your ideas and constraints and the flow of tasks into designs that are, um, you know, the, the underpinning blueprint of, a, of an experience. Well, that's tactics too. But then there's the whole strategy of, well, doing the research at a, um, in, in, a, in a way where you're, you're trying to discover, well, what does it mean that uh, we notice our, our audience, our users are, well, coming up with this certain problem that, that leads them to, uh, choose our product over something else. And that gives us other ideas that we would like to try. We have new hypotheses and how do we, um, you know, rank and choose and fit, you know, do a, some kind of robust, um, well, pick the right things to invest in as a business kind of thing. And that's, that's the strategy aspect of, of using human-centered design tools that can participate in that conversation in a really meaningful, helpful way because it helps um, frame things that, that, don't necessarily feel frameable and help you make informed decisions. And that's the, well, that's the useful thing about this systemic practice of user experience design. And I'm excited about that as like, well, what tools in user experience are approachable? What tool, what tools and, and like ways of looking at things are, you know, make user experience approachable. And that's where I, I land on this idea I'm toying with called uh, user experience mindset. And, and it's not to say that the advanced practice and expertise in uh, being sort of a, a, a skillful person that can help groups of folks of different um, levels of comfort with human-centered design practices and um, systemic approaches to, um, you know, using evidence in a you know, credible, uh, constructive way to navigate all kinds of choices and, you know, pick the things to build and, and why and, and explore that. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That it, it's really, it really is a, and I'm not trying to just, well, uh, flex or brag. It's, it is a um, significant skill set in and of itself bringing in experts is a really worthwhile thing. Also, you will have a more robust conversation with the experts if you have um, built your own vocabulary up and, and you have some context for understanding how um, like a design experience lead or a 
um, a design co-founder in your endeavor or whatnot, like how do they operate and how can you get the most out of that, um, you know, connection and collaboration with one another, having some, some bit, some idea of, you know, the, the skills and the outcomes and the motivations behind it all is, is a powerful thing. And that's what leads me to one of the constituencies that I feel can, um, just be very, uh, well-served and get some, some good use out of, um, well, a user experience mindset are folks who identify as entrepreneurs, business people, leaders who are, um, you know, choosing spaces to work with and um, strategies to to you know, solve problems and where to go with with uh, positioning a product and which you know where is there opportunity in a market and all that kind of stuff. Uh, folks who are working with that kind of creative fluency can well be assisted by the you know rich conversations with people and uh gain observations and find uh you know themes and 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 notice well the the maybe you put it put together you work with a team who who does some research and you put a protocol together and the to to sort of get some learning from the field that's what a research protocol is it's like well we want to go about exploring these questions and this thing this this approach is another way to look at a protocol is th- how we intend to learn and that will um well being comfortable with that idea saying that well you as a business person are likely very informed and have a good sense of a combination of um like research and discovery and learning and instincts combined, like your experience that you've gathered over the years, um, seeing where opportunities are and how you can uh, make good things happen for your audience and good things happen for your organization, of course. So, you know, why make that more complicated? And I would say it's, you know, it's, it's valid that, this, you know, it seems like, you know, we, we all work, work so hard to get good and skilled at, at something. And then, ah, oh, gosh, there's always something new, right? Um, user experience design is not that, uh, new of a thing anymore. And we've seen this sort of, uh, turning from not very tangible, not very relatable, relatable into seeing something there, seeing, um, not necessarily clarity fully, but like um, bright spotlights highlighting something about that product. And uh, like one of the, um, I think, significant uh, events that brought a lot of awareness into user experience design was the, the iPhone. And and it's this thing where a company put enough research and exploration into the world in order to um, do something that wasn't the same as their competitors, and it was well met with the audience. So is this one of those things of, of this is a storied, celebrated thing because of only survivor 
bias, right? Where like, look at them, they made this work, but yet maybe other approaches could have worked quite well also, maybe. So I don't mean to over-celebrate a really obvious um, example, but that was an event that caused a lot of awareness of, of like, well, wait a minute, how do you do design? Like what, like there's an aesthetic aspect, there's something, there's quality on the surface and how this thing communicates and its presence is different. How do you deal with different presence and know that you're doing the right thing versus just following your own preferences and uh, authorial voice, um, you know, visually, message wise, what have you. How do you um, do that on purpose? So how do you do that on purpose? And that's where the stuff, if, as soon as you care about getting to the better results, involving causing a new kind of uh, benefit for who you're trying to serve, where it's just when they interact with what you make, it feels better to them. And this idea of experience that could seem so intangible or so um, debatable or unimportant and not really about the functionality of the thing that you, you did. The, maybe that's not the real invention is, is the, um, how it feels, but it's actually a really important part of the invention is to turn the, the solutions into something that is experienced in a way that fits well with your audience. And that doesn't mean everything has to be you know, perfectly simple or easy. It depends on the kind of products that you're making. If it's about learning or um, digging deeper, leveling up, science, sophisticated domains where people need tons and tons of data to make decisions and stuff like that, you know, it's not going to look as simple as a, uh, a minimalist interface to um, messaging or something. It will look like what it needs to look like for that group of folks. It's just that when you're trying to help whatever group you care about and you learn what matters, what helps them feel successful and um, why do they choose the thing that you, you offer and all along their path, you're making thoughtful choices that change how the effect of what you make has on how they feel. And then now if you, if you, soon as you open that door and you say, I want to do that also. Now that now you have a user experience mindset, you've, you've said that thing does matter. And like we could build a product that is, it works for us financially. We're able to sell it for more than it took to make it. And it's a good margin. And we're good at making that thing. That can be enough. Yet, what, what about when other folks do that too? And then you, you're like, well, what's your, you know, the real... Like, what could you do to make what you make feel better to use? And now you've opened the door to saying design matters and you're going to involve it in the, your, your business decisions, probably strategically and tactically, because it needs to show up in the whole cycle of how your business operates if it's going to be... Um, let's see, 
a substantial act that you put into the world. Um, just changing how something looks doesn't necessarily change how it feels to use. So this is the kind of door you open up when you say, I, as a business person, care a lot, care a lot about um, making things that are that feel better to use. And I start to care about um, things like um, the, the outcomes and not, not just the sales of like, well, yes, someone bought that product from you, but what is their life like after that? And now maybe that there are whole new products and whole new worlds and whole new, whole new branches of your business that could be, come into existence because you're asking these kinds of questions. And that's where, um, well, that systemic human centered design, looking at the, you know, the, the timeline, looking at the different connections and where, um, where and why all of a sudden that's some pretty tangible, great things. And you're making, uh, choices and decisions that, um, if you're, you know, if you make a choice and decision in a way that has, um, well, it's user-centered, and, and if you go about it in a way that lets you do applied research based on your user-centered insights, well, now you can invest in products appropriately. Maybe, um, say, this, something you thought was going to be important or sellable, maybe it's not as profitable and it's not really a good fit for you right now because it's too risky to make. But you, you saw the thing, you did the investigation, and you were diligent about it, and as opposed to saying that this feels right and you have a strong enough hunch. Um, and yeah, you start out for a, you know, with this user-centered intention, but then if you um, don't follow through in a way that has that um, healthy user-centered systemic approach that is inclusive of your, um, all, the, all the aspects of your organization, and, and you know, it's including the folks that make stuff. It's including whatever policies are, you know, imbued and and related to the thing you're making. Um, and th- because that that whole approach to de- you know design thoughtfully, it includes all the humans. It includes the you know people in your organization, and of course includes the folks in the world that you're serving, your audience. And it includes the folks that are kind of, that are, that are outside of that too, where you're thinking about like, what is the effect on the world and the thing I make? And all of a sudden now you're a business who has considered, am I making a thing that is going to maybe have unintended negative side effects and stuff like that. And you're the kind of business that is seeing that what you put into the world says a lot about you and right now, and it will continue to speak about you. Uh, what's the legacy of this of this um, this endeavor that you are working with, the products and the overall organization? How do you want to be known? So, then incorporating design, adding it in, saying you have the mindset where this matters, and doing a, a, you know, a little bit of the work with the approachable tools. And it's as far as like, how do you engage with the research and how do you make the choices and collaborate with the experience experts that you bring in and the other folks on your team saying like this matters. So, so saying that, well, how we build stuff needs to be informed by 
uh, and collaborated with. The, it's not that like, well, okay, there's a hierarchy and now somehow design is, is top of the hierarchy. However that works in your organization, it just has, it needs to get woven in and um, it needs to matter. If you want the results to show that you, you want your work to have that self-evidence of, of being designed better, then you need to put in the work in a well-rounded, inclusive, holistic way. So that means design needs to be included also in conversations where maybe it wasn't before, in decisions that maybe it wasn't before, because it's okay at one point in time, you, you, you weren't in, in engaging with that. And that is understandable. But now, you know, being an organization that learns helps you stay around and adapt and um, become what you need to become to, to be, um, you know, a, a worthwhile endeavor. So that means that, okay, now you are including design and uh, you're, you're, you're going to find how that works for you and, and that whatever it does, however it feels like, it's, it's going to operate in a way that, that it's, you know, design's involved. So is, is, a, um, is a creative thing ready if design wasn't involved? Probably not. Is a feature that any human or, a, or capability that you create that any human is meant to interact with in any way um, really ready if you did involve design at some point? Um, probably not. And that's all... Um, that, that all comes through adopting the mindset of, well, user experience design is value, valuable. The things you value as an organization and, and, and your disciplines just need to incorporate some new values. And that's what can weave so many different important, interesting things together to make better things and more meaningful things. So, okay, there's some thoughts on user experience design as a mindset for business and uh, you know, putting it, putting it to use, um, thinking about how it changes the way things worked, and it in key, and it includes. It's not excluding. It's including, like, what are the constraints you're the folks who build things in the in the products you make, whether it's physical or digital, like, what are they dealing with? It includes your audience. It includes um, the financial realities of your market. All that stuff is context that gets woven together. It's, it's not an exclusive thing. It's not saying that, well, it's only the, the way your fonts look and the colors and the relationships among the things that someone can visually see represented in your product. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. It's how you're all working together to make a better thing and how you can be confident that you're, the thing you make is... Uh, is is worthwhile. Okay, so I'm Rob Stenzinger, and this is the Polytechnic Cast, and I am I'm working on unboxing thoughts and and journaling about the stuff I believe about the power of user experience design, in in that it's accessible. It's more accessible than I think people realize. Like just the mindset alone lets you open up the to possibilities of making things differently and um, just 
like having a really positive effect on who you're trying to serve. So um, that's, yeah, so there you go. Um, I'll, I look back at these, these uh, recordings. I look back at the things people react to and the what you ask about and, and, um, and, and consider and, and dig deeper and all that. So in a way, it's like this was a rough draft uh, exploration and that's what I, I want to do. It's like this kind of verbal journaling is a good um, medium for just sort of saying, well, what am I thinking about this thing? So I would love to hear your questions, thoughts, or reactions. I'm uh, Rob Stenzinger on all kinds of social networks, but um, email is maybe the best way to, uh, to have conversations about this. You can reach me at Rob at shieldsstenzinger.com and thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.